welcome, welcome to another episode of Behind the Streams, the place where we talk about the backstage stories, the struggles, the experiences of streamers off camera. So today we have a very, very different guest because she's not only a streamer, she's not only a podcaster, but she's also the most well-known and established stream coach with her own Stream Coach Academy. So Ashni, I will get straight to the point. The very first question on every early starter's mind, is Twitch streaming worth it? I mean, can you really make a living out of Twitch streaming? Oh, that's a really good question. I love how you just like jumped right into it. So um, first off, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I think, um, whenever it comes to answering this question, it can be a little bit difficult because it, it's highly individualized. I feel like anytime I give an answer to something nowadays, I'm like, well, hang on, there's 10 minutes of context that I have to jump into before I say either yes or no. Um, but it, it really depends on the journey. Um, and it really depends on the goals of the person. And if content creation is something that someone really loves to do and they want to pursue that as a career, live streaming is absolutely a very important part of that. And whenever it comes to live streaming, the way that I like to view it is I like to view it kind of as a tool as opposed to it being the only uh, type of content that someone creates. So. I look at it as a tool for intimacy and trust development with an audience, but not necessarily the best tool to get you in front of that audience initially. So if we think of live streaming as a tool and we have this mindset toward it, it kind of shifts some of the ways that we interact with it and the ways that we use it. And I do believe that if content creation is someone's goal, that having a live streaming uh, part of their content ecosystem is really important for that intimacy and trust development with their audience. Trust is everything for influencers and content creators. It's incredibly important that we have a way to initiate and grow it with the people that are currently in our audience or in the future will be in our audience. It's just very important to have a solution for that. And so I do believe that live streaming is uh, imperative for every single creator. However, Twitch doesn't have to be the platform that someone streams on. For some people, they're going to feel really connected with Twitch. And there are reasons for that, partially because Twitch has been around for so long. It really caters to uh, gamers as well as, you know, we know there's all types of content on Twitch, but specifically it has gone after the gaming community for the longest time. There's a really great culture ad that Twitch has that other platforms like YouTube or, um, you know, at this time, Trovo is a platform that a lot of people are experimenting with or even Facebook gaming they just don't have the culture at that Twitch does all the inside jokes and the emotes like everyone really um, everyone really has come together on the platform and mm -hmm. it's it is an amazing place um, but it is not the only place so if someone doesn't truly enjoy the culture or doesn't feel like they fit in there or doesn't feel like, or, or even if they're not being seen, right? And they want to uh, get in front of more people. Sometimes it's easier for that to happen by live streaming on a different platform, whether that's YouTube or uh, Facebook, or even if we were to take live streaming to a more like social media centric platform like Instagram or uh, TikTok. 
for yeah. example. So I do believe we need a solution for live streaming within our content ecosystem, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Twitch, even though Twitch is, you know, really fun. There's a reason that I've been on it for eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that you've been involved on Twitch since like 2013, right? Yeah. So I'm sure you witnessed a lot of changes on the Twitch platform and the whole streaming industry during these years. So how much did the platform has changed and swifted during these years? Ooh, oh my gosh, this is a really interesting question because it's like forcing me to go back in my memory and remember Twitch whenever I first found it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember getting on the platform initially and having that moment of like, oh my God, people are being paid for this. Like, <laughs> people are, and I don't even think the whole payment thing was as obvious to me whenever I first jumped on, but it was more so, wow, people are playing video games and there like hundreds of people are watching them, you know, because I'd always felt so ostracized for being a, a gamer my entire life and for being like that nerdy girl. Uh, who definitely was not popular in school, was not a, uh, was not one of the kids that just happened to have a lot of friends. I, I was very much uh, like lonely and, and alone in my interests. Mm -hmm. And finding Twitch was super bizarre because it, it makes you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm not alone in how weird I am. Granted, I think yeah. gaming culture has kind of shifted to being more mainstream now and a lot of people, their goal in life, like especially Gen Z or, or younger, their goal is like, I want to be a YouTuber, I want to <laughs> be a streamer, like that's what they're growing up and saying instead of, I want to be a veterinarian or I want to be a marine biologist <laughs> like my generation did. Um, that's so true. Yeah, so it's really interesting that, that Twitch has created this space for us. Um, in the beginning, whenever I first found it, it was very much, it was such a different landscape than it is today. I mean, people were just starting to get paid for streaming, sub buttons had pretty had just started, uh, sponsorships were starting, people used to consider someone who got sponsored a sellout. And like, it was actually detrimental for your brand to work with businesses for a while until people kind of settled into the fact that this was a totally valid way to monetize and we want our creators to make more money so that they can continue creating the content that we all love. Um, so it was really, it was really bizarre. There was definitely a, an outlook towards women on the platform that oh. was quite a bit different than it is today. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember watching like Casey Tron, for example, and I had a lot of like internalized misogyny around this time where, um, if I viewed women who were like, you know, wearing a, a normal V-neck freaking shirt that I would see someone wear <laughs> out in the world, it was like, oh, she's using her boobs for views. How dare she? <laughs> and I saw Casey Tron who was doing this like so obviously, even around this time. I mean, this was like 2015. This girl was doing this. It was a totally different landscape. And she, she was saying things like, you know, um, yeah, subscribe. So I, subscribe if you love my cleavage and like all this stuff. And <laughs> it used to make me so angry at first, but then it turned into me realizing like, oh, she's actually a huge troll. She's kind of using her body <laughs> as a way to joke about how misogynistic everyone else is towards her. Mm -hmm. And the, the 
I don't know, I just, I had so much respect for her after that to not let people get to her and instead to like <laughs> make money off of their outrage. I was like, <laughs> yes, girl, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. She's, she, yeah, so she's really cool. There's, um, I think there's also been a, a huge shift in the type of content, especially lately that has worked on mm -hmm. Twitch. Um, so traditionally, whenever it comes to my niche, which is like streamer advice and helping content creators, all of the advice that you would hear um, was advice that streamers hadn't necessarily been like trained in business and marketing and all of these other concepts, but they had this like internal um, voice, this intuition that was telling them that the things that they had learned about the way that it was supposed to work was right. Um, and so you'd hear a lot of advice like, you know, stream six hours a day, 10 days a week, because if you're not streaming, you're not getting followers and subs and all of that. Um, and uh, make sure that no one ever talks about politics or religion or uh, any of, of these potentially divisive topics within their channel and uh, keep it all about the game. And uh, even like as early as maybe this was like three years ago, the just chatting section of Twitch didn't even exist. Yeah. And so we had to like, like we weren't allowed to just have a camera and just be talking to the chat. Like we would have our channels reported um, if we were caught doing that instead of like being in queue for a game or, um, you know, actually like playing the game. So mm -hmm. Twitch was a bit more, I don't know, serious about just making sure that like gaming content was always going. And so there was very much this uh, strange disconnect between uh, the content that used to be acceptable and the content that is acceptable now. Whereas now we realize the power of like having that moment to connect with the audience and we're very much um, uh, we're, we're very much, uh, or we're more prone, I think, to mm -hmm. having like just chatting segments. And we realize we don't have to be streaming six days a week. Cause that's kind of a toxic level yeah. of work. And we realize that like, uh, women who might be wearing a V cut shirt, it's like, who cares? Their content isn't taking away from mine. So I'm going to focus on my own stuff. So there's definitely been this evolution of the streaming, uh, world that I think is just so fascinating and it's just going to continue to happen as mm -hmm. time goes on. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And to tell you the truth, uh, yesterday I discovered a category saying just sleeping. I wasn't aware of that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. The stuff that you'll like see on really? the platform now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this guy on TikTok who's dressed up in a like a gecko costume and he's he's having people call in and just talk about <laughs> their lives and a lot of it's like really heavy stuff and he's i don't know if he's a therapist or what but he kind of approaches it from the perspective of therapy and he's like you're gonna be okay man you you got this <laughs> i'm just like the guy is dressed as a gecko and he's doing therapy live what is this <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so uh just like you mentioned back in the days they were entertainment kind of streamers like PewDiePie and they were on the spotlight. And then there were the kind of pro player streamers like Ninja, like Shroud, who became really popular. So which types of streamers do you think that Twitch really needs and what do you think it's the next best thing? Ooh, very good question. 
Yeah, I think traditionally streamers have thought just for for so long that Twitch is all about entertainment. And this is yet another one of those very, very old ideals that came from the streamers who are like at the very top of the food chain right now, but who have been around for so long and just had this like that moment of um, intuition that told them that this is right. So the idea was in order to be successful as a streamer, you have to be entertaining. So your job is to make people laugh, to have this really like vibrant personality, um, or even if you have like more of a chill personality, your goal is to find a way to make people laugh and help them escape from their day-to-day -day life. And this is certainly a, a valid reason that a lot of people consume content. And I don't wanna undermine the fact that like, yes, entertainment-based creators are a huge part of Twitch and always will be. That will always be a value add in the content space, but it's not the only one. There are other paths for people who don't feel like they fit the traditional archetype of an entertainer on Twitch. So the path that I chose was education. Um, I consider myself an, an educator. I put myself in the position of like being an expert and pursuing expertise. Uh, consistently over the years, I've, um, I've, you know, put in a lot of effort to share my information and refine it and continue to grow and make it better. And so that's the path of like an educator slash expert, um, which is totally valid, right? Like we can educate on anything. People want to learn how to improve their lives in lots of different ways, not just their stream and their content. They want to learn how to be a better gardener or how to be a better friend. Um, so this is another path. There is another one uh, as well that is more of like an inspirational, motivational kind of path. So these are the people who um, there was some some uh, uh, like exercise enthusiast guy yeah. who came into my channel a couple of weeks ago, and it was like his name was like obese to to beast, I think something mm -hmm. like that, and not Mr. He, beast, right? Not Mr. Beast, no. <laughs> But his, his journey was that he used to be obese and he had, uh, through diet and exercise, lost a bunch of weight. And now he helps other people live on Twitch kind of pursue that same journey for themselves. Or even if somebody's not obese, he'll like help them out with diet and exercise, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a creator that I would traditionally put in the like inspirational category where his story is so is so powerful for people in his target audience which is people who care about uh exercise and healthy eating mm -hmm. and because he has this inspirational story he can turn it into uh an audience and he can connect with people on this human being level instead mm -hmm. of having to like make them laugh consistently he's able to show them that they can change their lives in the way that they want to. And that's the thing with my brand as well. I have this inspirational story that really connects with streamers. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a, a big part of my success actually is that narrative. Um, and so just like finding that narrative for yourself, you know, within your content can be so powerful um, as has been evidenced by like my story, obese to be story. And then the, the you know, hundreds of other stories that are out there from creators. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's another category as well that I would say is more of the like the networker or the relationship developer. These are the streamers who they tend to pursue a more traditional path of like just kind of 
playing video games and waiting until they build up enough relationships to get to the point where they can get partnered and be successful. So their path tends to be a little bit longer versus someone who can pursue the like educational path or more of an entertainment based path. These are the people who you necessarily you wouldn't necessarily categorize within the other spaces, but <clears throat> their skill set is that they're really good at connecting people together. Mm -hmm. So they are really great typically at maintaining friendships. Uh, they're really great at building interpersonal relationships between themselves and the individuals in their communities. And then they eventually expand on that to build relationships between all of the individuals within their communities. And that can be incredibly powerful because whenever you are the person who has connected one resource to another resource, those people feel a little like indebted to you um, and typically will like sing your praises and you get a lot of people who will uh, like support you over, uh, like support you over the long term because you introduce them to someone who became really important in their mm -hmm. life. And so they'll tell other people like, Hey, go to, to this channel. She knows so many people. She's going to introduce you to somebody that could be really helpful for you. The community is so great. This is the like community centric mm -hmm. type of streamer. Um, which, and, and here's the thing too, is all of these different categories, these aren't the only ones, but all of these can be mixed together in certain ways to create a, a, a formula that is unique to each individual streamer. That's for sure. That's for sure. And that was very interesting about the networking kind of style. I haven't thought of that. Uh, I know that you've helped a lot of streamers that got partnered and they got recognized on Twitch after your coaching classes and everything. So what are the most common struggles of the streamers you've worked with? And um, my real question is, are they their actual struggles or are they being like frustrated and illusionating about what their real struggle is? Mm. Oh, that's such a good question. You're totally right. So <clears throat> there are, man, I've seen, you know, hundreds of, yeah. of problems over the years. So <clears throat> it's definitely a little difficult to kind of get the top. Let me answer the second question first, mm -hmm. um, just by saying that every struggle that a streamer has is totally valid and also is not something that they are the only one in experiencing. So all of those frustrations of like, I'm putting in so much work, but no one's listening to me. And uh, what is it about this person that's, that makes them so much more successful than me? And yeah. why have I been doing this for as long as I have and no one has, has paid attention to me? Maybe I'm just not meant for this. Yeah. All of those problems um, are very common and very normal. And no one is alone in those experiences or those thought processes. However, what I tend to see is that a lot of small streamers will come to me and other people for strategy when strategy is not necessarily what they need. Hmm. The thing that a lot of smaller creators are struggling with is more uh, mindset issues. So these are things like uh, confidence, uh, fear of failure, not believing in themselves and to some people this can feel kind of like woo-woo science right like oh yeah. who cares the like the the universe and all that kind of stuff but there is a a legitimate science behind why believing in ourselves is important and will 
shift the future results that we get from the things that we spend our time on. Um, and so it's really, really important to me that within uh, my company, Stream Coach, and our, our big program, Stream Coach Academy, that we have solutions for these um these you know systems of belief inside of people's heads because it's not as easy as me just giving a person a strategy to take them from zero viewers to 100 viewers yeah. if they don't genuinely have the mindset to be able to support that strategy so having a really strong foundation is incredibly incredibly important the foundation is the mindset and that's not to say that like stream mm -hmm. coaches should be therapists or fca includes <laughs> therapy it definitely doesn't but we do uh, address mindset issues and these these uh emotions that are holding a lot of people back because in my experience the emotional side the lack of belief and the way that i viewed myself and the viewers on Twitch was the real problem. That was the real barrier between me being able to be successful. And so that's something we need to make sure that we're teaching out because if that was my experience and some of my clients' experience, obviously we're not the only ones. We have to scale this up for the many, many millions of people that are on the platform. Mm -hmm. That kind of answers the the second question, I think, mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. is uh, are these, are, are people kind of shifting their problems to, to something else that they actually yeah. aren't? So yes, that definitely happens. However, there absolutely are strategic problems as well. So whenever we resolve those mindset issues, we build a really strong foundation, then we have to build in the strategies in order to continue uh, the growth path of our journey. And the, the way that we do this um, is, again, by starting from the perspective uh, of like a more of a strong foundation perspective. So the way that I approach stream growth for myself, for all of my clients is uh, from a like small business and entrepreneurial mindset. Um, there are so many intersections between building a successful content ecosystem, building a strong stream and building a small business. They almost, it, it's the Venn diagram is almost a freaking circle. It's yeah. like, so they're so similar. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that we would grow a stream is the way that we would grow a business. We start by figuring out, okay, who am I trying to target? Who's my audience here? Am I actually genuinely invested in this group of people? If not, then I need to shift the group of people that I'm trying to help. Mm -hmm. um, do I feel passionate about, or at least do I have a consistent interest in serving this group of people. That's incredibly important is figuring out that intersection between what you want to talk about and the problems of this specific group of people that you're going to be targeting. There is an intersection between what you want to say and what people want to hear from you. And so every creator has to figure out what that intersection is. Mm -hmm. So we start by figuring out the audience. And then we go directly to the audience, wherever they are. They could be on Facebook. They could be on Reddit. They might not be on Twitch yet. They might be, and that's great, but they might not be there yet. And mm -hmm. even if they're not, you can still build a successful stream um, by doing the work of one of the, the groups that work at Twitch, the content acquisition team. Their job is like going out to YouTubers and Reddit threads and all this stuff, bringing back more content creators for the platform. So we do their job basically within yeah. my within my framework. Um, so we start by defining the audience, going directly to them, contributing value to them, and figuring out uh, 
who they are. So a really, really important piece that a lot of streamers are missing is this audience piece. They don't really know who they're creating for. They think any plus one to their viewership is just automatically a good thing. And that means mm -hmm. that they're growing when really what we want to do is we want to create that moment for a viewer where they come into our stream and they're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for a stream like this. Where have you been all my life? Like I, this space was made for me and we can't create that, that feeling for people whenever we are uh, sending a lot of conflicting messages about who we are and what we stand for. And mm -hmm. especially small streamers who are like, I'm just creating a space for everyone. I'm a variety <laughs> streamer. And as long as you come in and have some fun, cool. There are so many conflicting messages within that messaging um, mm. because you just you simply can't create a space for everyone. When you try to create a space for everyone, you end up appealing to nobody because you don't stand for anything specific. Mm. And we need to figure out what we stand for. Part of the way that we do that is by figuring out the audience that we want to serve, getting really close to them and their problems and learning about them as intimately as we possibly can, and then creating a content ecosystem to help them. Um, that's a huge misconception among Twitch streamers is that being a successful streamer is all about how funny, attractive, interesting, sexy, whatever you are as the creator. We tend to put ourselves on these pedestals of like, yeah, I'm so interesting, love me, like give me views because I'm awesome and look how good at this game I am instead of realizing that it's actually about the audience. So that's really the the foundation, the, the most important foundational piece I think is that mindset then the um, figuring out the audience, getting really, really, really well ac acquainted with them to where we can explain their problems better than they can. Mm -hmm. uh, because if we can do that, then they'll assume that we have the solution for them or that we're at least the most likely to be able to find a solution. And then we uh, go where they are and start serving them. We build a brand to serve them. And we make that really, really obvious in all of our content, because if we, continue to send all of the my stomach just rumbled so loud I don't know if you can hear that <laughs> so whenever we continue to send all of these conflicting messages um, we confuse people and if we can instead approach our content from the perspective of knowing exactly who we serve and exactly what we stand for, we will be uh, more obvious to people in that messaging and that creates preference. Whenever yeah. we make more sense as a brand than another brand does, people will prefer us because we're easier to understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what we need to do. That's a, a key point that a lot of small streamers are missing. When you're doing like you're doing a workout stream and then an interview stream and then a cosplay stream and then a then a cook with me stream and then a like gaming stream and then you're playing another game, people are like what is this place? Like, what, is, <laughs> what is this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally understand that. And I, you've said a hundred times on your YouTube videos and on your book, how important it is for a streamer to have a niche, a special segment uh, of their channel so that they can have a kind of a targeted audience, just like you said. Mm -hmm. But my question is, what is one of the best niches you've ever seen on Twitch? Ooh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, man, I feel like getting into really any educational niche is really, really, really smart. 
Um, mm-hmm. As much as I love the entertainment niche, the, or the, I shouldn't say niche because entertainment has a lot of like niches inside yeah. of it, but mm-hmm. that category can be really difficult for long-term success because what ends up happening with entertainers is they have to rely so much on relies so much on uh, (laughs) audience sentiment. And so their monetization methods and the way that their business stays stable long-term is by relying on their likability and their trust with their audience, which these things are really important to cultivate. But if your monetization 100% relies on that, you end up making a lot of super weird choices that um, could turn people off. And it's also a very fickle place to, to, uh, hang your bets, I guess, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. very, it's very difficult to rely on, uh, somebody else's wallet. Yeah. And so to me, I believe one of the smartest places to, to create content inside of is this more educational space, because not only are you helping people, And that's really fulfilling. We all want to feel fulfilled in the content that we create. We want to feel like we're actually impacting people's lives and education is a direct way to do that. We also have so many more monetization opportunities than someone who is traditionally an entertainer. So I could write an ebook, I could make a course, I could coach people and any educator has this available to them. Um, Granted, some of the spaces are still, uh, you know, they're still babies in their development they're still they'll get to the place where they're more of an adolescent and they're they have these uh you know they'll have coaches and they'll have all of this stuff developed out later on Mm -hmm. but um i really love the educational space because of the stability that it provides its creators and it also gives you ability to go um, full-time faster uh the Mm -hmm the types of like sponsorships and the um the consulting i've been able to do with companies as a result of building myself in this space has just been incredibly insightful Um, i feel very lucky i hate using that word because it seems like this wasn't intentional like i made all these choices to place myself here at a time whenever this wasn't being done and people weren't being served in this way so it's very much a a position that i took um with intentionality but i do feel very lucky in the amount of uh, opportunities that I've gotten because so many companies in this space want to get close to the audience that I've created. Um, they're trying to build products for streamers or get, you know, their their uh, services in front of streamers, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so this, it, it's it's really awesome. So imagine if you like build up an audience of of gardeners because you're helping gardeners learn how to you know get better at their craft Mm -hmm. then you're going to have all of these companies who want to get close to your audience because your audience is their customers Mm -hmm. and so you get so many more opportunities that way versus a, a traditional entertainer who isn't necessarily someone who is seen as uh, a person having expertise and having this audience that uh, companies really want to get in front of. They rely on um, their trust with their audience in order to have sponsorships and sell products. And they have a a lack of ability to um, create these 
these income stabilizing uh, products and services for themselves mm -hmm. later on. Now that's not to say that like the entertainment space, they can't create products and services because they definitely, definitely can. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a, a little bit more difficult to fit it inside of their brand. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally, totally understand this. Um, okay. So let's talk about partnership this little sexy check mark next to your nickname so back in the first days of twitch i think it was very very easy to get this partnership and right now it's kind of difficult to get it and most of the streamers dream is this verification but what is the real value besides the obvious emote slots and stuff like that <laughs> oh my god okay it's funny you ask this because i've been meeting with um one of my friends who's a lawyer mm -hmm. pretty consistently lately and we've been looking over like twitch's you know terms of service community guidelines um the affiliate and partner contracts and just looking at like all of the uh the legal side of what twitch offers its creators and their like expectations that they have lined out and this has been very eye-opening for me because it's really made me realize that there is almost zero benefit to being a partner and having a check mark mm -hmm. um and as much as so many small streamers are like gunning for that uh validation it is not necessary in order to be a successful creator. It's also not necessary to be affiliate, uh, affiliate mm -hmm. believe it or not. So the reason that I came to this conclusion, or I guess my lawyer friend and I came to this conclusion <laughs> is because of the uh, scarcity clause within the contract. So um, I'm not, I should say like, I'm not a lawyer. And of course this isn't legal advice. And if you like assume this is legal advice, that's on you because this is not, you know, you, every contract is different and people have yeah. to look through their own stuff. Um, but the fact that a, an affiliate or a Twitch partner can't stream to multiple platforms at the same time is holding back a lot of careers there are affiliates who immediately accept their affiliate contract and then they turn into a a twitch like junkie and they yeah. stream for six hours or six days a week and you know just all just constantly they don't build a brand anywhere else and what ends up happening is because they are buried at the bottom of every single game directory that they participate in, it's almost impossible for them to be discovered, especially because as we all know, Twitch is getting more and more and more and more popular. Yeah. And this is the same with uh, partnership too, actually. There are a lot of partners who, um, there's this like buzz that's generated around someone whenever people know that they're about to get partnered because we all want to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves, right? We all want to be part of someone's partnership story. And what ends up happening in a lot of those moments is like the person gets partnered. That's awesome. We're there for like the couple of streams after they get partnered. And then a lot of new partners tend to lose their audiences after they get the check mark and they'll revert down to um you know some people 15 or 20 viewers consistently mm -hmm. uh, which really sucks so 
the only thing technically that getting that check mark gets you is that internal validation of like, yes, I've done work here and people say that, yes, my work matters. And that's important. Like we all human beings all want validation for our work. We don't want to go to the gym. I always use this analogy, but like we don't want to go to the gym and work our butts off all the time to not lose weight or not uh, get stronger. Mm-hmm. Who would do that over and over? So getting that validation and getting that check mark feels really good. I still remember that moment for me. It was like, yeah, I've made it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm on top of the world. And now I'm like, oh my God, Twitch is nothing. Twitch is nothing compared <laughs> to what else is out there. <laughs> but, um, it, it's really the validation and it's the additional emotes. And then whatever, of course, the, um, conventions open up again it's access to partner only areas at conventions which even those are starting to recede more and more yeah Um, twitch really kind of stopped uh their presence at a lot of conventions and so now there isn't really all these like partner spaces where you can go behind the scenes and hang out with all the other partners (laughs) really the only place that exists now is twitchcon um, which is great but really like there's not um, you know, there's not a ton. People argue that having a check mark makes you um, more validated for companies that you reach out to, but it just, it, if it's such a simplistic way to view sponsorship campaigns and partnerships, if you have a check mark, like you can still, and everybody who is actually knowledgeable in the space knows that if you have a check mark, you could be someone who is. Uh, who has a really healthy audience. You could have 100, 200, 500, 1,000 viewers with a check mark, but you could also have 15. And just because you have that check mark doesn't necessarily mean that whenever you have, or you're a partner with these smaller viewers means that you're gonna be a good business partner for the people that you're reaching out to. So just having the check mark doesn't make or break any partnerships or sponsorships. It's not that simple, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, that really comes from this feeling of uh, lack of validation in your content. Whenever someone's like, "Oh, it would help me," it would help me feel, um, or it would make people take me more seriously. It's like, no, it it doesn't. What helps people take you more seriously is the audience sentiment, your audience size, and you don't need a check mark to to determine that just because you get a check mark doesn't mean that you're entitled to 75 or 100 plus viewers throughout the rest of your career your ability to exactly. hold your audience and your ability to grow an audience consistently um is is what is going to determine that for people and that is going to stay true no matter if you have a check no- check mark or not yeah. um so there's really not a ton of benefit to partnership um there's, I really don't believe in someone cutting their business off at the legs and giving Twitch 50% of it, which like, if we watch Shark Tank and we see that someone gives away 50% of their business, depending on the business, but most times like that is a bad deal. That is, that can be a really bad deal for someone. And Twitch does that. Like it's a little predatory that they take 50% of our companies and they tell us that we can't partner with anybody else. Are you kidding me? Like, it's, it's bizarre to me that streamers allow this type of, of like predatory uh, business practice for their small businesses, because it's just not, it, it would be unacceptable in most spaces. But um, 
you know, we view Twitch as like, oh, they're giving me an audience. They're giving me access to all of these people. And that's true. Like we should be grateful for that. But at the same time, we're allowed to make smart business decisions, which is why, you know, streamers should be allowed to stream wherever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I can, I can go off on that forever. So I'll probably <laughs> need to stop myself. <laughs> So coming to my last question is, according to your experiences, what is the best and the worst parts of Twitch platform? And do you think that the platform will kind of last forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't see Twitch um, as in the same light that a lot of people within my niche see it. So a lot of people in my space say that YouTube is going to come up and just absolutely dominate Twitch. And while YouTube can uh, improve the functionality of the live streaming features on their platform, um, and they can use Twitch's failures in order to uh, kind of speed up their journey in that process, they also don't have the culture ad that Twitch has. And that is an incredibly important, absolutely imperative piece that Twitch offers that YouTube in the past just hasn't really spent a lot of time developing. Mm-hmm. Um, that culture ad and having the inside jokes and having the rating and the hosting and speaking to the community and growing this whole like community mindset in everybody else's brains is such an important part of what Twitch offers that YouTube, I'm they have a ton of smart people working there. So I'm sure that they know this. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna act on it at all or if they really need to. Um, the idea to me is like, why not, right? Why not mm-hmm. try to have that culture ad? Because if y'all are going to be developing your, the the live streaming functions of your platform anyways, obviously you're trying to cut into a bit of what Twitch has and their live streaming success. You're already set up really well because you have discoverability built into your platform and you have the world's largest creators creating on your platform. Why not add in this additional work on the community side in order to take that piece of Twitch's pie? But if you Mm -hmm. don't do that additional community work, there will be so many people who you just can't, you can't get because mm-hmm. you haven't you haven't contributed to that culture ad. So unless YouTube is able to uh, to contribute somewhere within that that culture space, um, they're not going to be able to take as huge of a chunk as Twitch's uh, you know Twitch's domination as I believe that they really could. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, even if they did, I don't think that Twitch would completely implode. I think there are people on Twitch who are loyal to the platform no matter what, and they will stay there no matter freaking what. Mm-hmm. And long term, um, whether it's Twitch or YouTube or wherever, live streaming is going to continue. And I do believe that because creators aren't in control of these platforms and we don't get to decide the decisions or we don't get to decide the choices that they make that it's really important that we have diversified ourselves and we also pursue at least one avenue of connection with our audience that we own so just in case we get you know deplatformed or all of our content gets deleted off of a website someday we still have a way to connect with our audience and direct them elsewhere um, which is why i'm such a huge like proponent of email lists but 
I don't know. Essentially, I, I do think Twitch is going to be around for a very long time, but every every platform has its day. They yeah. all have their relevance yeah, factor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so before we finish, um, I know that you have the Stream Coach Academy, which I totally love. And um, I would like to ask you that I know that a lot of streamers don't really know what coaching is. Some of them are also skeptical about it. So my question is, when is the right timing for a streamer to get help from a coach? That's awesome. That's a really great question. So it's definitely dependent on the individual streamer. I think what a lot of people see with coaching is they believe that what myself and the rest of the people on my team and any other stream coaches that exist are offering is this idea that every single streamer needs a coach when that just is not true. I don't think that I have ever heard a single coach say that in the entirety of my career or research on coaching or research into other industries uh, and coaches in those spaces. There are some people who genuinely work best on their own and they have a level of self-awareness to be able to view all the free content out there, decide what will actually work for their brand and what won't and throw out the stuff that won't work and continue using the stuff that does. But not everybody is, not everybody has that level of self-awareness yet. Um, and not everybody performs best in that learning style. Some people are genuinely, they learn better in groups. Some people learn better when they have a mentor to have that back and forth with. Um, and some people work better uh, in, you know, just different, just different formats. I think that's that's the main three is that one-on-one -on -one, the group environment and the like free content for independent minded people yeah. and having the option for each one of those is really important because we want to support different learning styles in our community. We want more streamers on Twitch, right? We don't want less streamers on Twitch because people feel alone and they, they can't pursue knowledge in the way that feels most comfortable for them. And so it's really important that these options exist for the people who need them. Um, so every single coach, that's, that's all that they're doing is they're just giving an option for the people who need to pursue that option based on the learning style that really works for them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So thank you so much for having you today. It was awesome. We, we learned so many things and I think that all of the viewers right now have oh. gotten something out of that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. What an honor. Ashni Kreis is obviously an expert on streaming advice and I think that today a lot of things got in place regarding the Twitch platform and the whole streaming industry. As behind the streams episodes continue, we dig deeper on certain issues based on each streamer's experiences and skill set. So make sure to watch all of the previous episodes of Behind the Streams and subscribe to the channel so that you won't miss a thing. What is your struggle when it comes to streaming? Comment below and soon I'll make a video and talk all about them. You can also find me on Twitch every Monday, Thursday and Friday at twitch.tv slash fairylifeshow. See you in the next episode.